Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. We do welcome our scouts. This is an important time for them as uh, they're recognized and their leaders and uh, what they are able to do. It's just a good thing and we are proud of this, this troop and the ones that lead them. Um, I'm not Wesley Smith. <laughs> Wesley is away at uh, Disney World down in Florida with his family enjoying some time away. We'll be back later on this evening. So, uh, I do want to share some of the announcements with you. Uh, I always like to welcome folks. If you're visiting with us, this is your first visit, or if you have not filled out our, our guest um, slip, if you would find one of those close to you and fill that out. Also, you see care slips there to, to uh, let us know folks that are sick or in need of a visit or just some kind of situation we need to be aware of. Uh, in our church family, please fill those out, and we would appreciate that. Um, tonight, uh, the Bible study continues, revise us again. I will be leading that tonight at five, uh, 
o'clock, and I promise all you football fans will be out by six, maybe a little before six. So have no fear. I'm not going to get up there and wax eloquent, you know. <laughs> um, a week from this Wednesday, which would be February 11th, I got note that Phil Perrin was going to be uh, back in our community, and I th think it would be good to hear from him. So a week from this Wednesday, uh, he is going to take the Wednesday night prayer meeting time from 6.45 to 7.30 to share what he's doing. He's been doing a music, music school in China. Uh, this is a private school for kindergarten through high school. I'm starting a core program of high school choir, volunteer choir, mostly teachers, and audition vocal training groups of 50 children. Will is accompanying and assisting me with two choirs. We will be home during the February month-long celebration of Chinese New Year and return to China in March. So uh, I know you're aware of him and uh, he and his wife both and the contribution they've made to this church. So please be on hand for that special time. And uh, I think uh, Ray Lamb is going to work on getting some of the uh, children there so they can here about China and what's going on there. That'll be February 11th. Um, next Sunday will be a full day. The women are taking the worship service. I know when uh, the, the lay people do this, it's always great. It's always great. So you make sure that you come. Also Sunday will be a baptism time. Mackenzie Grigg, Abby McMahon, I'll be baptizing. John Sesson says he wants to be baptized in the river during the summertime so uh but that will be a full day next sunday baptismal service and the women also remember the actines bake sale right after the worship service uh i think you know how that goes give what you can um and uh charles and uh charles white and his wife are new grandparents they have a little girl I noticed the other day that uh, Charles was sticking his chest out so far he couldn't walk right. But uh, they are here. So you let them. I've seen this girl. I went to the hospital. It's so much prettier than Charles, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I heard an amen out there somewhere. <laughs> I have one more announcement, and I want you to listen carefully to what I'm going to say here. Uh, on February 21st at 7 o'clock, we're going to have a meeting for young adults and median adults, basically early 20s to 40s. Uh, I have noticed as I've been here that we need to have more activities for this age group, need to have more spiritual opportunities to get together, more fellowship opportunities. And I feel this is something that's been long overdue and I've shared this concern with a number of people and they agree. Um, Harry McKee is going to fix a meal for everybody. Church is going to pick up the bill. These median adults and young adults, all you have to do is come. If you have child care needs, we'll have child care taken care of. This is for you to talk about, to brainstorm, to get maybe a steering committee to set up a, a program of activities 
and opportunities for this age group. This is how this age group builds in the church as opportunities are there for fellowship and for spiritual growth. If you're here this morning and you fall into that category and you want to come to that meeting, February 21st at 7 o'clock, Saturday night, you can take one of those care slips, just, just write on the back your name and February 21st. I'll know what it means and uh, turn it in the offering plate. We need as many to come as possible. I'm going to write a letter to everyone in this group. This is a large group. I'm going to follow that up with a phone call. We're going to try to have as many people there on February 21st. If you're here this morning and you know you would like to come, you know you're going to come, go ahead and let's start a sign-up list. We need that for Harry so he knows how much food to fix. And you know if Harry's going to fix it, it's going to be good. So, so take an opportunity to do that. I think it can make a difference. I'm excited about it. I'll be leading that meeting along with help from Wesley, and that'll be on the 20th first. So I do want to share that with you. Now we have the scout report. Thank you, Jim. Um, I want to welcome everybody here to Scout Sunday uh, 2015. Um, it's an honor to stand before you as the Scoutmaster for Troop 117 because we have such a proud and long heritage through the church here uh, at Bowling Springs. I want you to turn your attention to the back of the bulletin. Um, and um, not that you can't read this, but I would like to read this for you. Scout is reverent. Scouting's founder, Lord Robert Baden-Powell, knew that faith gives young people a roadmap for life and it is a wise guide for thoughts and actions. Over a hundred years later, we still believe that it is our individual faith traditions that inspire us to look beyond ourselves and turn our attention to helping others. Scout Sunday is a beautiful reminder to ground ourselves in this faith and reverence, both in our personal lives and as the BSA's daily mission to make the world a better place. And we are, are so honored to have had a troop at Bowling Springs Baptist Church for I'm and, and our, we have t-shirts that say that our troop was founded in 1944 but I've done a little research and found out that we have been in existence a little bit longer than that and we are pushing 75 years of um, being a charter organization here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church for Boy Scout Troop 117, and so we are, we are very honored that our church, and, and very humbled that the church has saw fit to uh, see the the good things that this program uh, holds for young boys, and, and the mission of our church is to spread the Word of God in places outside of our church, and, and so again, we're so very thankful that we have the sponsorship of the church. Um, a little bit about our, our, our troop this past year. Um, we, uh, we're, not, we're not quite as large as we have been in the past. Uh, we rechartered uh, 21 boys this year, but last year we received what scouting now calls the journey to excellence, gold. Uh, we reached uh, the gold standard. Um, we, that means several things that we do. We have a program that we have um, uh, 
patrol leaders council meetings uh, so, uh, once a month, and we have court of honors where parents are invited. Uh, and we would also always invite our church, and a lot of times you'll see it on the back of the bulletin, if we have a court of honor. We have court of honors quarterly, and so if all church members are welcome to join us at our court of honor, we meet in the Lighthouse Assembly Room, and we would love to have anybody come and see what we're doing in our program. Uh, but we advanced over uh, 65% of our boys in rank last year. We had four e boys attain Eagle last year. The, and the last one was the 81st Eagle for Troop 117 in our history of our existence. And so, you know, we're very honored to have a church family that continues to support us and a community that supports us. So I, I'd just like to thank you uh, for your continued support uh, and hope that we honor that tradition. Thank you. Our normal pianist Cheryl is out sick this morning, and so I had to quickly make some phone calls, and June Hobbs was uh, willing to fill in for us, so we're thankful for that. For our first hymn, you will need a bulletin, please, because the words are printed there. It's a hymn that we learned a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to remind ourselves of it. The great text that is sung of Speak, O Lord. Let's stand as we sing, please.
Any takers? Oh, good. Have a seat, guys. Anybody else? Huh? Sit down. Yeah, sit down. All right. All right, guys. Turn and look at me. This is our time with children, so we're going to talk about one of our scout slogans. I wouldn't know, don't know as the motto is that we need to be prepared, right? Yes, yeah. So if we're going on a on a camping trip, what are some things we need to take with us to be prepared? A tent. A tent. A survival kit. Survival kits. Anything else? What if I'm going to school in the morning? What do I need to take with me to be prepared? Books, book bag. Books, book bag, folder. Anything else? Pencil. Yeah. Might need to take my lunch box if I have to take lunch, right? Okay. Well, you know, we in our church, we live by what's known as the Great Commission. Um, And just before Jesus went up into heaven after he was resurrected, he said to his disciples, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So if we're going on a trip like that, if we're going out to tell everybody about Jesus, what do we need to take with us? Bye. Bible. That's exactly, that's one thing. Now, here's a question. What if I'm going somewhere where I can't take my Bible? You've got to remember it. You've got to have it written, as they say in Proverbs, written on your heart. You've got to remember it. Proverbs 3.1, and this is the author speaking to his protege. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. So we have to remember what we have learned so that when we go out into the world, we can share it. All right, now let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that you've given us and the words that you have shared with us of all of your people throughout history so that they can guide us and direct us to follow your ways and to tell others about you. We ask that you help us to remember these words as we go forth. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Let's bow together. Father, we are thankful for these this special Sunday when we recognize the scouts. And as I look out before me earlier in the service and saw all these young men, I thought, Lord, of the promise that is in each of their lives, the potential, the bright future that they have. And Lord, help them to understand that that future can be brighter than ever when they make that commitment and understanding to just to follow you, to live by your dictates, to follow the spirits leading in their hearts. That can help them to be, as we've heard in the commercials, the best they can be. I'm thankful, Lord, that there's an organization like the Scouts that can point young men the right way, thankful for leaders who are willing to take their time and effort to be able to try to make a difference in a young man's life. 
And we pray, Lord, that you would instill upon these young men the importance of just serving you personally, knowing you, taking seriously the commands of the kingdom, and helping the Spirit to change their attitudes and their actions and their lives so they can be the best they can be. Bless this service as we, I think it's appropriate, talk about the importance of not putting off what we need to do that we know is right. Go with us and use us. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. Take your hymnals, please. Turn to number 575 as we sing together, I will sing of my Redeemer. 575. Let's stand.
you'll please pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for letting us come here today. Thank you for letting us all get here safely. And thank you for letting the Scouts celebrate this day, dear Lord. It's all because of you that we're here. And let's let us all leave safely and be safe tonight, dear Lord. Amen.
great message for us, we believe. Sometimes we know the right thing to do, but we just put it off. I'm going to do that one day. That's a good idea. If that speaks to you, maybe it speaks to me a little bit too. Hear me as I share from God's Word this morning out of Acts chapter 24, verses 24 through 27. Acts, the 24th chapter, verse 24 through verse 27. But some days later, Felix arrived with Drusilla, his wife, who was a Jewess, and sent for Paul to hear him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. And as he was discussing righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come, Felix became frightened. Another translation said trembled. Felix trembled and said, go away for the present. And when I find time, I will summon you. At the same time, too, he was hoping that money would be given him by Paul. Therefore, he also used to send for him quite often and converse with him. But after two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus. And wishing to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. In this scripture, we see the Apostle Paul appearing before a Roman governor named Felix. There were a number of these governors, procurators in the area. And we see at the last part of Acts that Paul appears before a number of them just to explain the faith. These people were curious. What is this new faith? What, what's it about? I don't understand. And uh, they would just listen out of curiosity's sake. If you read about Felix, what kind of person was this? The Roman historian Tacitus says about Felix, Felix was one of the true villains of the Bible. And I quote from Tacitus, he wielded his kingly authority with the spirit of a barbarian and all cruelty as of a beast. That his court was filled with assassination and bribery and intrigue. Felix lived in sin. He just didn't dabble in it. He was not a re retail criminal. He wallowed in the vices of life. Felix was no better than a scoundrel. He would stoop at anything for personal gain. But he seemed to have this strange fascination about Paul. And we see him in his interactions with Paul. He was very fair, very courteous to him. He treated him with all due respect. And he and his wife, Drusilla, wanted to hear about this faith in Christ. They were kind of curious. This was the new faith. They, they didn't quite understand it. They wanted an audience and let him explain himself. And it's interesting. What did Paul speak on? If you think about the life of Felix and probably Drusilla too, what did he speak on? Righteousness. Felix didn't have any of that. Temperance or self-control. He sure didn't have any of that. And judgment to come. Well, he probably thought about that maybe for the first time. 
And when he shared these elements of the Christian faith with this guilty pair, Felix and Drusilla, when Paul began to speak about morality and right living, right decisions, he was promptly and politely dismissed. I'll listen to you more about this later on. Felix had found in Paul not a prisoner, but a judge. Paul begins to speak about these matters, and a strange fear comes over Felix. The scripture says he trembled. It was the truth of Paul's words, the reality of Felix's life. Basically, I think he was convicted of the sin. Well, maybe there's hope for Felix yet. Felix can still be moved. Felix still has a conscience, though not very strong. Maybe this is a time for turning. Maybe this is a time for changing. Maybe this is a watershed moment in Felix's life. Will he yield? Will he tell Paul, yes, you're right. This describes me. I'm the guilty one. No, what does he say? Go thy way and I will hear thee in a more convenient season. At a more convenient season, I will call on thee. Go thy way. He wants to rid himself of this disturbing message. We need to realize, folks, that the the purpose of the gospel sometimes is to disturb us. The purpose of the gospel is to bother us. It's not all gaiety and light and love. Sometimes it's to rouse our conscience. Sometimes, yes, to bring us trembling. Sometimes the gospel is to convict us, to bother us, to disturb us. If we are living in known sin, if we have forgotten God's law, if we are apathetic or disobedient, the Bible says the gospel is sharper than any two-edged sword. There's a facet of the gospel that is warning. My responsibility as a pastor is to preach the whole counsel of God. And there's, I'd rather preach about the grace of God and the love of God than any subject in many sermons that I have dealt with deal with that. But from time to time, it is my responsibility to point us to a better way. You see, many times we don't want to face our sin. We don't want to confront it. We don't want to confess it. We don't want to turn from it. It's too painful to deal with all that and to realize our guilt and to really come clean with God. It's like a man who gets a check returned in the mail and doesn't want to check the books. It's like a person who faints but doesn't want to go to the doctor because he might hear bad news. Conscience is stirred and troubled. It's not a nice feeling. You know, the feeling of pain is not a nice feeling. But you better be glad you have it. One of you put your hand on a hot stove and you didn't feel any pain. Well, you'd burn your hand totally up. If you read about leprosy in the, in the uh, New Testament, leprosy affected the, the, the extremities, the hands, fingers, and the feet. It began there and crept toward the vital organs. And the nerves would die and there was no feeling. So a leper could put his hand in the fire and wouldn't feel it and really get burned. He could step on a thorn deeply in his foot and he wouldn't feel it. And he'd walk on it for weeks until it got terribly infected and maybe he had to lose a foot because he didn't feel pain. 
Sometimes we say, oh, the feeling of pain is good and thank God for it. It's meant to warn us that we're on dangerous ground. Well, it's like the man whose hand twitches away from the surgeon's knife. He doesn't want to be cut on, but he knows he has to be cut on. Many times the truth is, my friends, we don't want to change. We don't want to let go. We don't want to confess. We don't want to start anew, but we must. If we are really serious about following Jesus Christ, it's hurtful to deal with. You see two different reactions to a troubled conscience. One was Felix. Paul talked about these hard things, about temperance, about judgment to come, about righteousness. And he was talking right to Felix like he knew Felix's life. And what does Felix do? He becomes afraid. He recoils from it. He shuts himself off from it. I need to get away from the message and the messenger. And then he settles right back into evil again. Get away from it. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. The other reaction in the same book of the Bible is the Philippian jailer. Remember the story of the Philippian jailer? He was there watching Paul and Silas. He heard them singing hymns at night. Paul and Silas and the others had probably witnessed to him, and he was listening, and he saw the quality of their lives. And then on that fateful night, the earthquake came, and the whole ground shook, and the doors of the prison were flung open, and the and the jailer said, They're, they've escaped, I know, they've run away. And he drew his sword to kill himself because he knew that those over him would kill him anyway because the prisoners had all escaped. And Paul says, he just shouts out in the darkness, don't kill yourself. We're still all here. They didn't run away. Maybe for his sake they didn't run away. And what does the Philippian jailer do? He trembles too. But in trembling, he runs to Paul and he falls down and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I want to be like you. I want to get serious about God. He trembled, but he trembled in the right way. It's a tragic view of Felix, really. Maybe he still had some basic instincts that were good. When Paul spoke, he trembled. Here was something he needed. There was a void in his life, and he knew it. But he could not respond. He could not respond. The truth convicted him, and he, he was troubled. And just to tell Paul to go out of my presence seemed to be too harsh. He wanted to be polite about it all. So he said, well, I'm tired of listening to this now. At a more convenient season, I will call thee. And the scripture hints that Felix heard him many times after that, but he never trembled like he did the first time. The next time he saw Paul, he was ready. He knew what he was going to try to say, and he had himself all built up not to really listen. And then his heart grew hard. In a more convenient season, I will come. By and by, I will come again. There is a self-deception, my friend, in delaying to do what is right when we know what is right and we keep delaying doing it. There's a deception. Jesus talked about this. Those who would follow him, but they had other things to do first. Oh, I need to go bury my father. 
I have some oxen to plow. I have a new wife. And they say, I've got these other things. And somehow they never got around to following Jesus. They had other things. There's always other things, folks. That list never ends. They never got around to following Jesus. Just wait. There's plenty of time. There's plenty of time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to join the church. I, I've got time. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I, I'm going to tell them I'm willing to teach that Sunday school class. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to forgive that friend and go visit them. One day, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to do it. Not today. And then tomorrow, well, not today. Maybe I'll do that one day. And we never get around to it. Interesting story is told of Satan who met with four demons. And they were planning to new lives to trap more souls. And the first demon said, well, let's tell them there's no God. And, and Satan said, well, they know there's, there's a God. God's word is there. They believe it. They're not going to go for that. The second demon says, well, let's tell them there's no heaven. And they said, well, God's word talks about that, and they know that, that there's a heaven, and that won't work. And the third one said, well, let's tell them there's no hell. And Satan said, no, that won't work either. As surely as there is a place of reward, there's a place of punishment. No, they won't believe that. And the fourth demon smiled very shrewdly and said, well, let's tell them there's no hurry. There's no hurry. Yeah, that's a good idea. Going to do that one day. I'm going to do that one day. And somehow, they never do it. Got an old book that has 5,000 illustrations. It's so beat up, it's about to fall apart in my hand. But I remember this poem, and I want this to sink into your heart. He was going to do all that a mortal could do, should do tomorrow. No one would be kinder or braver than he, tomorrow. A friend who was troubled and weary he knew could be glad for a lift and who needed it too on him he would call and see what he could do tomorrow each morning he stacked up the letters he would write tomorrow and thought of the folks he would fill with delight tomorrow it was too bad indeed he was busy today and hadn't a minute to stop on his way more time he would have to give to others he'd say tomorrow the greatest of workers this man would have been tomorrow. The world would have known him had he ever seen tomorrow. But the fact is he died and he faded from view and all that he left when living was through was a mountain of things he intended to do tomorrow. My friends, and I'm glad I've got some young men down here in front of me. The young especially get into this deception of delay. There'll be time to get serious about God. There'll be time to take stock. There will be time to get spiritual. There will be time to accept Christ, but not right now. I've got a lot of things I want to do, fun, pleasurable things that I want to do. The crowd that I run with, they do this, they do the other. But the longer we wait to do the right thing, the harder the heart becomes. Like Felix, 
go thy way. In a more convenient season, I will hear thee. And he did. But he never trembled like he did the first time. The story is told of an eagle flying over a great river in Alaska. And the river was full of ice flows. And the ice flows were moving on the river as it went down to a great waterfall. And the eagle saw a dead rabbit on one of those ice flows. And he swooped down and landed on that ice flow. And he began to feed on that rabbit. And that ice flow was going toward that great waterfall. And I guess that eagle thought in his mind, I can fly off of this ice flow anytime I want to. My great wings are strong. He was enjoying feeding on that rabbit. And he got closer and closer to the edge of that waterfall. And he thought, here at the very last minute, I can just lift and fly away. And he got to the very edge and he flipped his great wings. He thrust them out and his talons had frozen into that ice, stuck, and he went over the side. I got time. I got time to live right. I believe in deathbed confessions. I got time to change my ways. That's a good idea. I'm going to do that one day. But somehow, we never do. And life passes us by. The most important application of this, my friends, of course, is accepting Christ. There's no reason to delay accepting Christ if we know that we know him in our hearts and we need to say yes to him and do that publicly. There's no reason to delay on that. We don't know what a tomorrow may bring. But it's, it's other things that this reflects to also. I need to witness to that person don't need to wait till tomorrow. I need to teach that class in the church. I need to forgive that person. That doesn't need to be waited on. I need to stop that habit that I know is taken away from my life. I need to read the scripture more faithfully and and desire to follow it. I need to pray more regularly. A more convenient time. Yes, I'm going to do that one day. That's a good idea. But each time we delay, the delaying of it moves us less and less until it doesn't move us at all. Delay is really a decision in the wrong direction. No season is more convenient than the present season. Every time is the right time to do the right thing. There's nothing to wait for. And I finish with this illustration. Soldier in the Civil War had a dream. And in this dream, it turned into a nightmare. He was going to be shot for sleeping at his post. And in this dream, he was awaiting in his cell for dawn when they were going to take him out and shoot him because he had fallen asleep at his post. He went to the jailer and he said, call for the chaplain. I know I'm not ready. I'm not ready to meet God. And I want to prepare for the end for I only have a few hours left. And the man went on his errand to go get the chaplain. Well, right after that man left to go get the chaplain, someone else came in. One of the soldiers and said, the commanding general has decided to pardon you. They're not going to shoot you in a few hours. Oh, he said, thank you. Well, send for that chaplain and tell him he doesn't need to come. (laughs) I got time. I got time. There's a lot of people that thought they had time and it didn't come to them. 
There's a lot of people that assumed they would have time to do this or that or the other, but they didn't have time to do that. Don't wait to do what you know what is right to do in terms of salvation, in terms of confession and sin and new life, in terms of other things. Other things, disciplines to add on to your life, things to take away from your life. Why do we hang on to these things? Why do we think tomorrow would be better to deal with it when we can deal with it today? Do that, do that. There's no more convenient season than right now. Let's bow together. Father, as we extend our invitation... There may be those who want to come into this church from another or to accept you as Lord and Savior. We have a baptismal service ready next Sunday. There may be those, Lord, who know the truth of my words. We are told that the pathway to hell is lined with good intentions. That all the good intentions in the world without acting on them, isn't worth much. Lord, help us to take stock of our lives. Sometimes it's hard to be honest. Sometimes it's hard to look clearly at what needs to change, what needs to be added, what needs to be subtracted. It's hard. It's hard. But in that hard look is new life. In that hard look is peace evermore. A new level of discipleship a new level of commitment. And we cannot reach that new level until we turn some things over to you. Lord, we pray that you'll bless us as we extend this invitation as I stand down here to receive anyone that comes. Go with us and guide us. He's saying to ask in thy name. Amen. I have decided to follow Jesus. 305. Let's stand, please.
Father, we're thankful for this day, for the opportunity to be together. We're thankful, Lord, for your spirit that touches our lives and, and uh, leads us and guides us. We pray, Lord, that you would just go with us as a church family. Help us, Lord, to be faithful, to, to continue to just to do the right thing. Help us not to delay doing those right things that we need to do. And, Father, go with us and guide us through this new year. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. You have been listening to the worship service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.